In today's gospel, Jesus tries to make the same point in two different ways. So I'm going to ask you all which of the two ways seems most effective. So the point he's trying to make is, comes in the middle of the reading, which is this. The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So he's showing, he's claiming a right, right, to pluck grain and eat on the Sabbath with his disciples and to heal a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. That's his point, that he can do these things on the Sabbath that folks around him think he, he sh really shouldn't be able to do. So two ways he makes this point. The first way is by justifying his position based on Scripture. Okay, so how that works is Jesus, as it says, is with his disciples going through the fields and they pluck heads of grain on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees say, you're not supposed to do that. You're doing what is uh, not lawful on the Sabbath. And he says to them, have you never read what David did? Okay, okay. So, and he says, according to Jesus, right, that, oh, he and his companions were hungry and in need of food. And they went into the house of Abiathar, the high priest. There's the bread of the presence. And they ate it, even though they were not supposed to eat it. Okay. So he's saying and what David did is he and his poor friends were hungry. And the high priest told them they weren't supposed to eat, but they did. So hunger justifies what hunger and need justify what they're doing. Well, I'm going to do something that is maybe a first in the history of Wednesday night Eucharists. I'm going to flip to the Old Testament, okay? And I'm going to check out how well Jesus quoted Scripture. Okay, so this incident that Jesus is, is uh, supplying comes from 1 Samuel chapter 21. Okay, so here, just to give it some context, David is in a conflict with King Saul. So Saul is king. Um, he, he comes to think of David as kind of a usurper, a, a threat to his reign, and so he threatens to kill him, but Saul's son tips him off to this, and David flees. So David's on the run. And he goes to uh, see the high priest, Ahimelech. All right, already we realize when Jesus, I'm, just in case you don't remember, I'm sure you all do, but just in case there's someone who doesn't. In the gospel, Jesus said David went to, uh, went to the high priest Abiathar. But actually, the high priest in this incident is Ahimelech. Okay, so when Jesus says, have you never read how David, blah, blah, I want to say, Jesus, have you never read? You know, I, at least not recently, right? Or you would know it was Ahimelech, not Abiathar. Okay, so first thing. Um, so Jesus misquotes scripture, but also let's talk about something else he does. It's about context. So David goes in and he says, or he's alone. Ahimelech says, why are you alone? And he says, oh, the king has charged me with, with a matter and said to me, no one must know anything about what I charged you with. Okay, so David is on the run from the king and he tells the priest, I'm on a very important mission from the king and I can't tell you what it is because the king doesn't want me to tell you what it is. He doesn't want anyone to know. And then he says, give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. And the priest says, I have no ordinary bread. But he doesn't say, you can't eat it because you're not a priest. He just says, uh, it, the bread is holy, so you and your men can only eat it, provided that the, your young men, whoever is with him, have kept themselves from women. Okay, and he says, oh, of course we've kept ourselves from women. All right, and, and he gets to eat the bread. 
And then he goes on to say, you know, Ahimelech, I left in such a hurry that there wasn't time to get uh, my sword or my weapons. So do you, it's really he was fleeing for his life and doesn't have any weapons, but he's like, oh, the king's mission was so important. Do you happen to have any weapons around here? And Ahimelech says, my goodness, I do. I have the sword of Goliath the Philistine, so here you go. Okay. So this story is really different. You know, sometimes we get mad at people quoting scripture out of context. Well, Jesus kind of does that himself, right? That this isn't a story about poor David, hungry in need, being turned down by the priest. This is a story about David being conniving, you know, and he is in need, but he lies to get what he wants, gets what he wants, to get what he wants. Not even just bread, he also wants weapons, right? Okay. So going back to the gospel, this strategy, it turns out, is not all that effective in convincing the Pharisees that Jesus should get to uh, eat on the, and pluck grain on the Sabbath. All right. So that's strategy number one. Quote scripture, misquote it, quote it out of context, use it to justify your position. Okay. Not very effective. Sometimes it's surprisingly effective. But for here, the Pharisees are, are, are unconvinced. Okay. Uh, so we're on to strategy number two. Strategy number two has to do with healing on the Sabbath. And what Jesus does is he goes into the synagogue, sees a man with a withered hand, and everyone's watching to see, is he going to cure this guy on the Sabbath? And he says to the man with the withered hand, come forward. So he's in front of the whole crowd. And he said, asks them, you know, is it lawful to do good or to harm or to, to save life or to kill? And they're silent. So what Jesus does this time, instead of trying to quote scripture, is he brings them face to face with a person in need of healing and says, now tell me. Now you tell me what I can or can't do on the Sabbath. I find the second strategy more effective. The sad news about this gospel is that doesn't work either, right? They still have the, a hardness of heart. Uh, and it grieves Jesus to see how hard their hearts are. But as we seek to learn and grow with Jesus, I hope we keep in mind the way that he learned to teach us, not by quoting scriptures, not by asking us if we've read our Bibles, but by showing us someone in need. Because it's the way that Jesus learns to be convincing, and it doesn't always convince. It doesn't. And it grieves Jesus' heart when it doesn't. But what I hope the good news in this gospel is, is that when it does work, God's heart rejoices. Amen.